church, let's give him praise this morning. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we have been redeemed, not by corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we have been bought with the highest of price, the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Our lives, we agree with Scripture on this. We agree with the declaration of your word over our lives where it says that our lives are not our own. We have been bought with a price. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands up. Let's thank him for his shed blood. Your life is no longer your own. It's been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus is the price that was paid. Oh, Jesus, we want to thank you. We want to applaud you. We want to praise you. We want to let everything out of our heart and spill it all out at your feet. We want to say thank you, Jesus. We want to honor you and praise you. Oh, God, in these days, we want to be like David. Lord, when he said, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise will continually be in my mouth. Why, Lord, was he so free with his praise? Because you forgave him of adultery. You forgave him of murdering a man. You forgave him of the many sins and iniquity. Whereby he said, who can stand before you if you were to mark our sins, if you marked our transgressions? Who would stand before you? But there is forgiveness with you. Oh God, we will bless your name at all times because we're living under a heaven that's forgiven us. We are living in your presence and there is no iniquity or no mark of transgression that is able to stand up in your presence against us. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. You have said, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who justifies. It is Christ who is risen. We do not stand today as condemned men and women in your presence. We stand completely clean, completely and absolutely acquitted of any charge against us. There are no charges against any of us because of the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus. We will forever praise you. We will forever join with the angels and the saints in heaven and adore you, Jesus. We love you. We love thinking about you. We love talking about you. We love listening to you. We love singing about you. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. We are your temple, and in your temple, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woohoo! Hallelujah. Come on, let's show our appreciation for our musicians, too, that have blessed us so much this morning. And you can be seated. Oh, man, he is so, so wonderful. He really is. He is so close to us.
And in these days and in these times that we're living in, I'm telling you now, I believe that our soul is going to awaken to the closeness and to the nearness of Jesus. When we become aware of him, when we become conscious of him, every distraction simply fades away. Every attraction of this world simply melts like wax. When he suddenly begins to just make you aware, and that's the job of the Holy Spirit, that's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit in each one of our lives is to make us aware of Jesus. And when you become aware of him, when you become conscious of him, I tell you something now, it's the most beautiful, the most rich, the most glorious experience of life. To know him and the power of his resurrection. The Apostle Paul at the end of his life, he had seen so much. He had done so much for Jesus. The Lord had spoken to him like I am speaking to you. Imagine Jesus turn up in your life and speak to you and reveal to you the new covenant of, of, of the gospel of grace. Imagine uh, Paul just listening to Jesus. And yet at the end of it all, after seeing so much, his cry in a prison cell was, Oh, that I might know you. This is a man that wrote over two-thirds of our New Testament. This is a man that knew by experience the power of the Holy Spirit changing cities, turning the world upside down, seeing power and sign and wonder and healing and the kingdom of God come through his life. This was a man that experienced so much, but at the end of his life, he cries, Oh, that I might know you, that I might know you. And I believe the Holy Spirit in these days, in these times, what he is going to do inside us. He's going to energize a cry. He's going to energize such a, a deep longing, a deep desire like was in the Apostle Paul and you and I are going to be alive with that desire. We're going to be on fire with that desire and the cry of our heart and the chief end of our life on this earth. Oh, that I might know you. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's going to do it. The Holy Spirit is going to awaken, awaken such an addiction for Jesus, such a longing, such a deep desire for Jesus. He really is. Now, last week I, I referred to a prophetic word that the Holy Spirit gave to us maybe three, four years ago. Richard Bowyer came into a prayer meeting, early morning prayer meeting, Maybe three or four of us there. And you know, sometimes when you look on the surface of the physical, it looks very unimpressive. You see, it doesn't have to be spectacular for God to be ministering and God to be moving and God to be present by his spirit. The world is spectacular. 
The world puts on its show. The world puts on its bright facade to impress. But sometimes God uses something that seems so dead, so insignificant. It seems so cold and empty. And he came into the prayer meeting. He said, God's given me a word. He said, I see a damn wall. And there's cracks in the wall. And water is coming out of the wall. He said, behind that damn wall, there's all of the resources of God. There's all of the blessings of God. God is going to break the wall. God is going to break that wall. And when that wall finally breaks, all of God's move and God's life and God's blessing that we've longed for, that we've talked about, that, we, that, we have, that we've thought about is going to come crashing through. It's all behind the wall. A few weeks later, a man came who didn't know anything about that word and reiterated exactly that prophetic word. Do you know, since then till now, that word has not been able to leave my mind. I want the wall broken. I live to see the wall broken. I want to see what's behind that wall released in this house and out beyond this house into the streets and the communities that we all live in, into the chaos and the violence and, and, and the, 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 the sheer confusion of darkness. I want to see that wall broke and rent so that the rushing life of God can go again right throughout our land as it did before. And on beyond our land, right across the globe. The wall is going to break. It's going to break. It's not going to be able to hold. This wall is struggling. It is struggling to hold the weight, the glory, the power, the life, the sheer force of the water. Behind the wall is causing the wall to creak and speak. The wall is protesting. And I said to Richard just a few weeks ago, I said, Lord, Rich, Rich, I can hear the wall. I can hear it creaking and protesting and trying to resist the breaking. And I put the phone down. And, I, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Dave, do you want to know what the wall is? I told you this last week, but I want to tell you again. Do you want to know what the wall is? I said, Lord, what is the wall? What is it? I genuinely didn't know. He said, the wall is your soul. It's your soul resisting. It's your soul hindering. It's all of the things that you've taken from this world and you've built them into your soul and invested them into your soul thinking that they're good. But the good is resisting the best. The good is resisting my glory. And suddenly I could see it. Suddenly I became aware. I said, Lord, break my soul. Oh, there's some cracks in the wall. But let me tell you, I'm not going to go in my little trowel and, and bag of cement and, 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 and plaster up and cement and concrete those cracks up. Because the wall is weakening. The wall is about to break. And when the wall breaks, 
suddenly the glory of God and everything that you desire for him suddenly comes and is a reality in your life. It really is. You know, I remember I was thinking about this. Sometimes times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And they're wonderful seasons where you become aware of God's glory, where you become aware of who he is, where his love is so immediate and so present and so embracing. I've had such occasions in my life. And when he comes, you would give everything, whatever it takes, just to host him, just to keep him close. You're watching every step, not legalistically in any way, but you just want to see if there's anything he needs, anything you can do for him because of the devotion and the love and the longing and the intimacy that you have. You want to keep it. You want to keep him so close. Time of refreshing. I remember a time when I was living with my mum and dad. And me and my mother, we were, we were so hungry for the spirit. And listen, I, I don't know how this works because the Holy Spirit lives in us. He lives in us. We, we live in him. We move in him. We have our being in him. But there are some times where he comes close and your, your emotions become explosive. Your emotions become so aroused and turned on to God. And you cry uncontrollably and you laugh uncontrollably. And there's no apparent reason for the laughter and the joy and the fullness. But you're overwhelmed and overtaken. And it doesn't matter who's around you. It's all insignificant. You're not looking around to see who's about you. You lose all dignity. You lose all insecurity. Because you're in the presence of the king. And your mind and your affections are set on things above where Christ is seated. And we were hungry. And suddenly, he came in so gently. One day turned into two days. Two days turned into three days. One week turned into two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Completely overcome with his presence and his glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why are we so surprised? The Bible says there is a river. It's a river that makes glad the city of God. There are times where the wall breaks and the fullness of your spirit, God in your spirit, comes out. And it's wonderful, it's worshipful, it's adoration on a level that I've never experienced other than in his presence. I've never experienced such intimacy. I have never experienced such love and sheer 
bless us when he comes close. And you can talk about him sometimes and, and he draws near as you draw near to him. And in the moment where he draws near and then in the moment where he comes close, it is heaven on earth, friends. It is heaven on earth. Jesus did not die and rise from the dead to give us some cheap Christian experience. Jesus died on the cross so that we would be baptized in the power of Holy Ghost and know a oneness and a connection and an intimacy with him on a level that we have never known. It's not about what we do for God. It's about what God has done for us. He has made every approach to us. It was God that drew near to us, that came to us when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, incapable of reaching God. And therefore he came in his son and reached us. Oh, how he loves us. No wonder in the revival, the Welsh revival, they would sing just one hymn, one song. Four hours, six hours, ten hours, twelve hours. Oh my God, they just sing one, they couldn't get off it. Over and over and over again, the song would ascend to heaven and the glory of God would come and sweep the land. And hardened men, sinful men, just like us, would break under the sheer weight of God's love and glory. He's awesome. He can do anything. And we know that. We are people that believe that. I'm expecting anything. I'm expecting surprises from heaven. I'm expecting signs and wonders. Just like you, our friends. Because God is wonderful. Now this morning, in the time we've got, I want to show you what a life looks like when the damn wall breaks. There's a great story in the Bible. Oh, man. Where the damn wall just broke. And it couldn't hold the affection and the love and the intimacy in the heart. It couldn't hold it. And it just broke. Mark 14 You're going to recognize this chapter and these verses. What a wonderful occasion this was. Mark 14, verse 3 to verse 9. Talking about Jesus and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. As he sat at meat. There came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment. Of spikenard. Very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me. This is the story about a woman that broke a box, an alabaster box, 
This is the recount in Matthew chapter 14 about a woman who took something that was very costly, that realized that what that box contained was so precious and so costly, but she couldn't keep it. She couldn't save it. She couldn't hold it back from Christ. It's obvious when you look over this account, not only in Mark, but also from the other writers that record it in the Gospels, it's obvious that this was premeditated. This act of worship was premeditated. It was planned. This woman had such a connection with Jesus, such a a desire and a longing within her to get to Jesus, to be wherever he was. And Jesus was in the house of Simon, a Pharisee, a very legalistic man, a rules man, a regimented man, a disciplined man, a man who would look down on others because they didn't come up to his standard. And Jesus was just having a meal. He had not been honored in that house. His feet had not been washed. The other disciples tell us Jesus was just fitting in. Jesus was just, you know, one of the boys. They didn't realize the king was in the house. They didn't reverence him. When there's reverence in your heart, when you read the scriptures and you pray, And you can't hold back the tears because you understand reverently who you're speaking to. When you understand that you are not going into the presence or the throne room of an earthly king or an earthly queen. But when you realize that the king of the universe has given you, you access into his presence. Oh my God, when that revelation and realization comes into your heart, when it fills your mind, reverence for his presence, for who he is, comes alive within you. And you don't order God around like a slave boy with empty, cold confessions. My God, you get on your knees because you realize who you're talking to. The king of kings, you have an audience with him. And he says, the word says, they looked around as that woman suddenly came into the room. Do you think she feared going to Simon the Pharisee's house? I'm sure she did. I'm sure maybe there was a few thoughts about breaking through and breaking in. She was on religious ground. She was going into a very hostile religious fraternity where she would be treated coldly and callously but the devotion in her heart the anguish to get to his feet to worship him to love him to show adoration to him drove her past all of her fears all of the self-imposed religious shameful restrictions that would have bound her. She freed herself from. And in spite of all of the criticism, in spite of all of the judgmental looks, she broke into that house, walked straight past them all, came behind him. The other disciples say, 
Some of them said she just started out by weeping. She couldn't speak. There's a place in worship, my friends. There's a place in the spirit where you're captivated to such a degree you cannot speak. John, when he went into the glory of God in heaven, fell like a dead man because of the presence and the sheer weight of glory. And he had to be lifted to his feet. And there is a place where all of us are going, friends. All of us are going to awaken to this realization. It's not going to be by our little treadmill effort and works to get there. No, you're highly favored. You're blessed by God. This is your inheritance as a result of what Jesus has done. Intimacy, closeness, and everybody around you may have left you. But I'm telling you something now. You're going to experience such bliss and such holy presence. You won't need anybody even if they don't come anymore. And together collectively too. We, as living stones going to know times where the weight of the cloud of God's glory comes over this place. And she went. We're going to see a wave. Aren't we, Noel? <laughs> He's been having dreams about huge waves. Woo! Waves coming over huge and then suddenly crashing and landing. I wonder what that's about. Oh, we're going to see it. We're going to see it, church. Not because of a man or a woman, but because he's coming to land again on Wales. He's coming right across this land, right across this nation. Oh, my God, he's coming. He's coming. I don't know how close we are to it, but we're going to get there. We really are. This woman comes, and she begins to weep and cry. She can't say anything. And suddenly... There's so many tears. All his feet are wet with their tears. I read of an occasion once of a young man in a Bible school. In their teens. And suddenly the glory of God came in the room. And the young man stood up in a corner with his face away from everybody. Because the reverence in his heart, he had to be alone. He couldn't look at anybody. Suddenly God was there, immediate, present. And he starts weeping and crying. He can't stop it. They couldn't shake him free from it. They couldn't do anything to get him out of it. He was alone with God. And he was crying hour after hour after hour, 12 hours later. There was a pool of tears around his feet, and revival broke across the land. South America, I believe it was. Mighty revival broke across the land, and she bathes his feet with her tears. And then another writer tells us that before she broke the box, she let down her hair. And she began to wipe his feet with her hair. That was the sign 
of a sinner. It was a shameful sign for her to let down her hair. It was a shameful sign in public for her to let down her glory. But she was letting down her glory and surrendering her glory at his feet because she realized she was in the presence of glory. She wiped his feet. And she broke the box. She didn't open the box and then close the box. You see, she was a prostitute. She had a shameful past. And that's all those men saw that day was a sinner. But you see, she had seen the Savior. They saw a sinner. Jesus saw a saint. They saw a sinner. Jesus saw somebody that was bringing everything. And she broke that box. She didn't open it. You see, as a prostitute, she would have used that box. That box had a history of a shameful past. And she, on occasions, would have opened that box and spread the perfume on her bed and around the room for her next customer. This is what prostitutes did. You can read about it in Proverbs 7. They would entice their customer from the street and they would, they would coerce them to come and lie with them and they would boast about all of the perfume in the room. This box had a history, a sinful, shameful history, but suddenly in a moment, everything had changed for this woman and now she wasn't opening and closing this box under her control and releasing a little droplet here for another customer. No, Jesus had become Christ and Lord of her heart and she broke the thing and everything spilled out. It went all over his feet and all over her. She anointed his head. She anointed his body. She anointed him. With something very precious, priceless gift. Once it was out of the box, it wasn't going back in. Once that wall breaks, once the curtain of your soul is rent and the blessing of God comes out, let me tell you, it will never ever be contained or restricted or limited or under a ceiling again. That box was forever over and finished. And she anointed him. And the Bible says that the whole house, the whole house was filled with that aroma. It filled, it removed every other odor. And it took control. The whole house was filled. There's blessing in brokenness. The brokenness of the box of her life changed the atmosphere and you and I as we allow his hand to break us as we allow his hand to rend the curtain as we allow his hand to break down the wall and let the blessing and the anointment flow I tell you the atmosphere will change wherever you go didn't Paul the apostle say that we are 
Christ's aroma in our world. We are the perfume of Christ to a lost world, to a dying world, to a, to a lonely world. And in these days, people are going to see, not by what you say. She didn't say anything. But they could all smell it. It was undeniable. It's not going to be a cold evangelistic spiel that wins our land, that wins your family. No, you're not necessarily going to say a word. But the aroma in your eyes is going to come out of every pore of your being and there's going to be an attraction and a, a magnetism to you. She saw the Savior. moment we're going to close but let me say this before we do Jesus said did he not this is my body broken for you broken Blessing came out of brokenness. What blessing came as a result of the vessel of his life being surrendered and being broken? After that promise to his disciples on the night that he was betrayed, hours later, he was wrestling in a garden and he said, Father, not my will but thy will be done if there's any other way if there is any other way you see brokenness is so painful and we look for the other way and Jesus as a man sympathizing with all of our struggles and all of our distractions he before us said if there is any other way church there's not any other way. There's not any other way. If there's any other way, but not my will be done. Thy will be done. And suddenly, he's about father's business in a way that nobody had ever seen. Because now there's Roman soldiers and Judas, the one that had criticized this woman just weeks before, was leading a troop, a thousand soldiers. But Jesus had already drunk the cup and everything in it, all of the degradation, all of the sin and wickedness. He drunk it. He drunk it while his disciples slept. He sweat blood. And even at that point, he had to be so careful because he said, my soul is overcome even to death. He nearly died in the garden. The weight and the pressure and the sheer anguish of it all. But he drank it all and the soldiers come. And it's all on time. All set up by God. They arrive 
Judas is with them. And he kisses him. But before he kisses Jesus, and this gets me every time, Jesus looks at him and he says, friend. Oh, oh God, he's awesome. He's like no other. He knew. He knew what Judas was going to do. He told him all about it. Friend, do what you've got to do. And then they take him and they whip him and they beat him and they break his flesh. They break his skin. They break his head. Every part broken, pierce his side, blood and water come out. Brokenness. A broken heart. A broken heart. And he dies. And as he dies, he says, Father, forgive them. What is that? That's the aroma of a broken heart. He didn't say, you're finished. He didn't curse anybody like the thief on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. That's the oil. That's the, 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 the pure perfume, the aroma of God in the flesh. And they beheld his glory as much there as when he healed the leper, when he healed the blind, when he raised the dead. More there than anywhere. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he became sin. And everything was pushed on him. And all of God's judgments came down on him. The wrath of the Father outworked on him judicially. And he cried, Father, why have you? Jesus had known intimacy with Father on an unprecedented scale like no other. And suddenly to have his Father turn away from him Unable to look at the sin that he had become. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Separation from Father. Finally, after it all, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Darkness covers the land. And what does it say? The rocks were ripped. The rocks were broken. The veil of the curtain rent in two. And suddenly, it's on the move. A new beginning. A new covenant with God and man. I'm telling you, friends, we are on the eve of something very special. In our lives. In our church. Simply because everything that Jesus has done He's come not to be served, but to serve. He is here as servant. He really is. Because his body was broken. His blood was shed for you and I. Amen. Let's close our eyes just one moment. You may be here today 
And you may not have ever asked Jesus into your heart. Oh, how he loves you. I'd like to pray a prayer with you. Somebody prayed this prayer with me years ago now. You're just going to invite Jesus into your heart. Maybe there's one person, two people. Pray this prayer with me. You've been touched in this service. Jesus has come close to you. He's knocked on the door of your heart. And graciously and gently said, can I come in? I want to pray right now. Pray this prayer quietly with me. It'll help you connect with him. Just say this quietly, Jesus. Because he hears a whisper, you see. Jesus, I ask you, right now, please come into my heart. I hear you calling me, my name. I hear you knocking. I just want to open the door of my heart right now for you to come in. I believe you died for me. I believe it. I believe you rose from the dead. And I call on your name in this simple prayer right now. Now while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, would you lift your hand? We'll see it and give you a little booklet. Is there one person here this morning? Maybe here for, there you go, mate, that's it. Excellent. Okay, do you want to give these, these two people here? That's it, great. Well done. Pray to prayer. Is there another? We'll wait just a few minutes and then we're going to sing before we, we go. You may look back at your past today and you say, do you know what? Life has broken me. Life has been hard to me. That's okay. God understands. And he says to it all, all things will work together for your good. Because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you today as your people that you are leading us in this way. This way, Lord, whereby we come before you. Whereby we just break before you. And our adoration and our heart and our worship and our love that we've saved will be given back to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands this morning, church. Woo! In his presence. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. <laughs>